Hello humans, hello humans. December 6th, something after like, oh, it's almost nine. Getting a late start because I have to coordinate with um, people I've got to meet on the other side of town. They got to get into their offices, all of that business. So I stopped and did a um, little bit of work on uh, scenario three. Uh, so I'm serializing uh, what we can call a novella on Twitter. I will um, collect all the parts and put them on Substack at some point here so that you'll be able to find them all in a um, uh, organized fashion. Uh, but I'm going to serialize and put the um, each chapter of this little novella out on Twitter. Twitter is actually a good, or X, whatever the fuck, you know. Uh, it's actually a good platform for that. It's like a, um old-style magazine, and they used to serialize novellas in, um, oh, the sci-fi magazines, those those kind of things, sci-fi and fantasy and uh, fiction magazines. So it's um, a nice platform there, and I'm uh, going into some of the stuff that, uh, uh, in a fictional format, that we uh, can discuss in a non-fictional format later on. Anyway, um, we're heading into this period now where our um, currency is going to take a an appreciable hit. Okay, so everybody or lots of the Wu people are all worried about the currency. It's a fiat. We all know it's not backed by anything other than the um, uh, uh, global grand uh, banking cabal and them saying that it's worth something and you should pay interest on it. Uh, so this whole uh, structure of fake money, of fiat money, is coming unglued. And of course with it, all of the fake world that is required to support it. This is why the at the moment the mainstream media, uh, the Democrats, the communists, that's why all of these guys are basically losing it. Okay, so the Soviet Union uh, had a very tight lock. So the Soviets were uh, Russia, and this, uh, Russia was converted to communism by the Bolsheviks, and then they set about doing genocides. Okay, so um, Khrushchev, Stalin, Lenin, all these people are Jews, right? Uh, and so they know about genocide because they were taught by the Elohim all about genocide. Uh, and so after the communists took over Russia, uh, they used Russia and the Russian army to go out and um, conquer all of the other countries that were around them uh, in this grand communist genocide thing that went on. You know, two million uh, uh, white Armenians were killed. Uh, we know this, we have the Soviet records, unlike, for instance, um, the claim of six million Jews killed, right? So they, there were six million Jews that were killed in uh, just before World War I. Um, there were uh, six million Jews claimed to have been killed in World War II. Um, never mind the fact that there weren't six, that there were barely six million Jews in Germany at the time, and after the war, Poland suddenly had a five million uh, new Jews living in their country. So, you know, it, it was an expulsion campaign like all the other. I think there's been a thousand and thirty times uh, Jews have been expelled from countries. 
uh, in history. This is because people, because the Jewish culture is um, a leftover, a holdover, a, a, a traumatic brain injury that was, was instituted and created by the mother Weffers. And so uh, the Jews are suffering a Stockholm Syndrome effect where they continually act out the trauma that was uh, put on them by these space aliens, the Elohim. Uh, the Elohim used, they conquered the tribes of Judah, uh, Judea. Okay, so uh, the Elohim came down. There was all kinds of trouble and so on. Eventually they uh, conquer the Khazarians and then they get into a big battle with their other space aliens and they leave the Khazarians and they take up residence in the south of Yemen where they conquer these 12 tribes. Those 12 tribes are the people that became the Judeans that the Jews claim are Jews. They are not, okay? So the Judeans are Semitic people that were driven north along the Red Sea from uh, South Yemen. And they went up along the Red Sea and then they eventually took up residence in uh, what we now know as Palestine, all right? So uh, Judea, that area. More than half of them, more than half of the 12 tribes died in that forced march from South Yemen up along the Red Sea. This was the uh, formation for the, uh, the child story that is written in the uh, Bible as the Exodus. The Jews were never in Egypt, they were never slaves of the Egyptians, and they never crossed the Red Sea. The Red Sea was not parted. They walked along the, the Red Sea, the Reed Sea. And they came on up and they crossed the marsh there into Judea. And that was the extent of it. So all the rest of this is like uh, propaganda bullshit, right? And so that propaganda bullshit comes from uh, the uh, trauma, the Stockholm Syndrome, uh, the, the Helsinki uh, effect of uh, the Judeans being held captive and tortured and harvested uh, for generations, hundreds of fucking years, by the Elohim. And, and, <laughs> and this is the basis of our religion uh, for, you know, uh, Judaism, and it's the basis, in, in its way, badly translated, for both Christianity and Islam. Is this Elohim worship? Is this worship of your abuser because you have Stockholm Syndrome? And it's inculcated so deeply into their culture that they deny it. And this is, this is really the, the problem that Israel has at the moment and that Jewish people have at the moment with my uh, anti-Selenite, anti-Elohim uh, campaign on X. They don't know how to react to it. Uh, they can't deny that they worship the Elohim, but they do deny that they worship the Elohim and they claim to worship the Creator God but that they're going to call this creator god by the name of the, these invading space aliens that took them over. And it doesn't quite, doesn't quite track there. So, uh, you know, uh, so we're getting a lot of mixed messages out of Shlomo, and, uh, and he just does not know how to react to people starting to investigate the very core, the very nature of Judaism, and reject Judaism as being organized, inculcated, authoritarian um, authoritarianism induced by uh, space alien abuse 
So anyway, so it's going to get really a um, uh, really strange here for everybody as we proceed on this. I'm doing this on my own now because I know that it's going to be coming up. In, a, in not that far off, we're going to start having um, military officialdom, right? Officials from military organizations come on out in increasing numbers from in, a, a large number of countries that will start saying, hey guys, you really better pay attention. Uh, there are space aliens out there. They've got their UFOs. They're here and they're fucking with us. And they're a danger to us all, to all of humanity. Now, I doubt they'll ever come out and say, look what these bastards did to the Jews. You know, you, you think you got a problem with genocide now? Wait till these fuckers come back, you know? The gods of the Jews were really a bunch of abusive fucking space aliens. These Elohim fuckers we just can't tolerate. So I expect, you know, all right, so you're going to have a lot of people, you're going to have the claims of fake uh, space alien invasion, which itself is a fake. Okay, so that's put out by the, um, uh, the grand councils of the Jews to help uh, put out the... Um, uh, the fake narratives and, and try and control what's going down. And it's not working, right? The people are just not buying all this stuff anyway. But the, um, the situation is that I fully expect that we will be having um, more and more encounters with the UAPs because they're not really unknown. Uh, they don't really fly, but they are objects. I like UFOs though, right? So I'll just keep using that term. Um, a traditionalist, I guess. Anyway, so the um, our UFO problem is going to really escalate next year, and uh, we're going to have military. It's going to become a uh, something of a social thing. Uh, you're going to have a lot of people that'll be seeing UFOs. They'll be reporting them. There'll be a lot more uh, stuff on the social media about this to the point ultimately where the social media will first try to censor UFO reports. Uh, because they're going to give up on trying to um, ridicule them, right? They just, they can't, that doesn't work anymore. People are just not falling for that shit. Uh, but they'll try and censor them. Then they'll just give it up. There will be so many. Anyway, I'm harmonizing and attempting to harmonize with these trends with my serialization of this um, novella about the Elohim, getting into some of the stuff that we've discovered about them. So it's, um, man, it's complicated. All right, so we're getting into Cozy Rev. We're trying to design some uh, sensors uh, because, basically because I'm afraid our military uh, uh, is filled with stupid people, right? Um, I know that academia, academia and government is way too stupid to grasp what the fuck's going on and is, is filled with too many stupid normies uh, that don't understand uh, how we got here. They don't understand how our history's been fucked over, how the Elohim had um, uh, uh, Helsinki syndromed uh, the Jews and created Jewish culture from abuse. Uh, they don't understand how all of our history has been warped ever since then in support of that abuse and this uh, fake claim that somehow this these people were chosen by the creator god you know they were chosen by a bunch of uh, fucking space aliens and then they had that that those tribes were had the uh, the absolute hell out of them uh, abused out of them for generations 
so you know it, it's a denial on a denial on a denial kind of a deal right if you bring up the Elohim to most Jews they're not going to understand because they don't understand Hebrew, right? They have not ever read the Torah. They've only understood what has been told to them in whatever their native language is by their rabbis, the rabbis of whom rabbis are indeed complicit with this Elo Elohim denial slash worship. Anyway, so um, in the future here, next year, we're going to start getting into some very serious UFO encounters. Uh, we may even have uh, factual uh, video evidence of, uh, of damage to um, uh, infrastructure, including transportation uh, for humans from the fucking UFOs. Okay, so it will be uh, so these will not just be things that appear uh, that you know are. Um, unknown in ways to us, we will be able to say, oh, look, that fucker was aggressive. It deliberately wanted to cause that damage. And, um, and we'll have to really start getting into it. So in anticipation of that, I've been examining a lot of different kinds of um, information and I've been going over some um, of my older uh, stuff from Cozy Rev. Um, Cozy Reb did a bunch of, he was this, this Russian scientist, an astrophysicist, probably one of the most brilliant people on this planet ever. And, um, and he did a bunch of stuff relative to the active properties. He did a bunch of investigations relative to the active properties of time. And when he did these, uh, he, he invented so many different kinds of devices that we don't use now right that that were just ignored because they were part of this old screwy astrophysicist investigation of time when all of these other scientists academics and so on think they understand time and they don't they do not have a fucking clue right so um there is no gravity gravity is just the uh, magnetic effect of matter holding itself together that's why gravity is a weak force when it shouldn't be mathematically according to einstein's uh, bullshit, um, which actually will go. We'll start really uh, ragging on Einstein and showing where he was all wrong and all this kind of stuff as we go forward in this next year. Anyway, though, um, Cozy Rev invented devices that pick up influences on time, and they show you these influences on time, and they can show them to you very precisely. I, I don't want to get too involved in uh, obtuse technical details, but basically what, what you need to understand is that, that we measure time a number of different ways. We can measure time by way of the little mechanical effects in clocks with little springs and, um, uh, and little gear mechanisms and this kind of thing, right? And, and uh, so we can measure duration that way. Now that is not time, that is duration. Duration is an aspect of time. Uh, uh, it is not the time. Cozy Rev was able to measure other properties of time. Some of these other properties of time uh, are quite amazing. So, for instance, um, he took thermocouples, which are these little electrical devices uh, that uh, react to temperature and variance in um, uh, local environment. 
and he invented these things that are so sensitive. And then they made a bunch of them, and then they found a whole bunch of the buggers that were as close as possible to each other in their reaction as they could, could possibly get. Then they would arrange four of them into this little uh, thing called a Wheatstone Bridge, and it's a little electric circuit. Uh, they take these electric circuits at the time, because he's doing this in the 80s, and, and our ability to do um, really fine, uh, you know, nano-level electric work was not at where it's at now. So he had to stabilize his Wheatstone bridge with uh, little chunks of aluminum in the circuit, but it worked fine. Then he would take this little device, and he would put it into the tube, into the reflecting part of the tube of a telescope. And they'd take all these measurements, and they'd take these measurements continuously and continuously and continuously and rack them all up. And then, you know, for hour after hour after hour as the telescope is sitting there, then later on that evening, they would, you know, pull back the, this is at a, a Russian um, uh, astronomy center. I think it was up near Latvia. Uh, there were two that he worked at, one in the south, one in the north. I think this was the one in the north that he was getting into. But in any event, though, so they, they put this into the telescope. Uh, night comes along. They uh, open up the uh, observatory. The, they wheel the little doors back. And all of a sudden, the thermocouple starts reacting. It, is, it initially reacts to the changes in temperature, changes in basically the static electric charge uh, all around, and this kind of thing, right? And then they let it stabilize, they get all these readings again, and then they start doing their ast astronomical observations. When they do this, they find that certain stars, more than other stars, but all stars, cause time to change. So, uh, when, you, when you look at the sun, you're actually looking at light that left the sun eight and a half minutes before it actually hits your eyes. So your your vision of the sun, that big scary ball hanging in the sky, it's not actually there when you're seeing it. It's moved eight and a half arc minutes from where you saw it. And um, But you're looking at an after image, so to speak, that's encapsulated and held by the light that had took eight and a half minutes to travel to you. So Cozy Rev discovered that kind of a an effect that allowed people to find stars now with a level of precision and accuracy that had never ever ever been occurred because we used to have to deal with it with light. Now he's finding them by the effect of the star on time. And what happens is they would get the um, telescope to start aligning with the star. Now the, the telescope was big. It was like, uh, I think it was a two meters, so six feet across this um, this tube that gathered all the light. Anyway, so it would take, for instance, uh, you know, about three feet of that that tube's movement before the star was centered in it. And so during the period of that time, during the period of those three feet being um, uh, moved, they actually saw effects on the thermocouples within their bridge uh, electronic device that were based not that were based entirely on the impact of that star on our local time down here. And they know that it was it was acting on the time and it was not, they, they eliminated issues like temperature and all this other kind of stuff, right? Variance in the power supplies, all of these things had been eliminated because they're dealing with basically 
uh, nanovolts, right? Very, very, very small amounts, millivolts of electricity. And they were able to measure them with a level of precision that, that they worked for months to achieve by creating their own measuring devices. And then, you know, analyzing them and testing them and so on. Anyway, so the, um, the star comes into view. And as it is coming into view, as they, they creep up on it, they are getting readings on their thermocouples long before they actually get any light. So they're getting readings off of the time component of that star before they're getting readings on the light, before they actually see it. But they can tell from the, um, uh, the readings coming out of their, their uh, thermocouple uh, sensor device that they're getting closer and closer to zeroing in on the star. And they can do this without even seeing the light of it because they're seeing the effect on the uh, transduction of electricity through the bridge and they're seeing the effects on the little millivolts of electricity reacting to it. Now we're talking about extremely sensitive kind of things, right? Um, however, a level of sensitivity that is encapsulated entirely in uh, silicon and electricity, and we know that those are not as sensitive as the human brain and the human nervous system. So the level of sensitivity that we're seeing uh, within these devices is nowhere near what you can achieve with humans. But anyway, in any event though, man, we got some dense fucking fog here. Um, it's been this way for the whole drive. Now it's getting really serious. Uh, we've had flooding, we've had storms, I had damage in my office, I got trees down, uh, we had, you know, monster winds, we've got flooding all the fucking gone, rivers are up. So it's just been a hell of a few days. Uh, power losses, all of this kind of thing. Anyway though, um, so Cozy Rev got, has this device and they can now pull in time effects. They know it's time effects because what they, when they analyze it, what's actually happening is that the, the flow of electricity is changing. And so here's something you have to understand. Um, uh, okay, so if you have an electrical uh, circuit and you have a particular point in that circuit, we will measure the amount of electricity going through there in um, volts, amps, and watts. Okay, so a watt is the is the measure of the amount of electricity that is converted to functional mechanical work. So you might have a you know a 500 watt device, but it actually only uses 300 watts, and the rest of it is wasted. Right, the 200 watts is 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 wasted power. It's not really that bad. I'm just making some numbers up here. So amperage is the uh, rate of flow. So amperage is basically how big is the gate in your electrical river such that you can see how large the flow is. If you need more flow, you increase the, the gate and thus you increase your amperage. Uh, so, you know, 200 amps is more flow than 100 amps, that kind of thing, right? Anyway, volts is a measure of time. So in um, Italian, and uh, I think Czechoslovakian and a couple of other languages. Volt actually means time. Volta, il volta, the time. Um, so what it is, is across this particular gate, whatever the amperage, it will take a certain amount of time for a, a bucket, so to speak, of electricity to cross it. And we measure that bucket by filling it up and that bucket we call a volt. And what we're really actually measuring is the size of the gate relative to time and the flow of um, electricity through that gate, and we call that a volt. 
but basically a volt is a measure of time. And so when time comes in itself and intrudes on our electricity, it alters all of that. So it slows the electricity down, it may, you know, it does all kinds of things relative to um, the, flow, the flow of the electricity that we are using to measure time. So all electrical clocks, including the clocks in your computer, are all working on millivolts. They know that the computer has a defined gate size across which a millivolt will pass in exactly one one thousandth of a second. Okay, so across a millisecond. Um, and this is precise. It just, you know, everything works on that. Our chips work on that. The entire circuits work on that. And computers, most of the electronics you're dealing with these days work on this, uh, this principle, yada, yada, yada. Every electric circuit, including like old style, you know, 12 volt DC batteries on cars with, you know, clutches and stuff, even way old stuff works on a defined volt. So Cozy Rip discovered that, that voltage varies. The, that a volt is not a volt continuously, and that you can have one volt that's smaller than another volt just by um, uh, intruding on that volt with the time that's coming in from uh, a star. So imagine galactic center, bazillions of stars, emitting bazillions of stars worth of time. So there's some weird effects going on there, right? Anyway, so Cozy Rev discovered all these things. They invented a bunch more devices, a bunch more ways of testing stuff. They used uh, non-electric devices, so they would use things like um, uh, very highly sensitive uh, mercury thermometers, very highly sensitive alcohol thermometers, and they would get them so they would react to the time because the expansion of an alcohol uh, thermometer is also a function of time, right? It takes a certain amount of time for that thermometer's uh, alcohol in that enclosed bulb uh, to react to a one degree change in temperature. And you can measure that time and it's pretty precise and it'll always take that amount of time to react. And, and this is the basically the function of uh, thermometers under these conditions. They are also in a sense measuring time. Um, they have less of an issue or, or less of a rigor than does electricity because uh, heat and cold diffusion, thermal diffusion, uh, while it operates at a, at a known rate down here, is variant, right, based on the materials you're dealing with. It takes longer to, for thermal diffusion to occur, um, you know, through ceramic than through steel, that sort of thing. Anyway, so... Um, he invents all these devices and they, they use them with uh, all different kinds of things to see the effects of time in our local environment. And so basically, if you read through Cozy Rib's uh, Active Properties of Time book, which is part two of this uh, four-part series, um, you, get to the, you get to a feeling that, oh geez, we live in kind of like a Rube Goldberg world where everything is interconnected and everything fucks with everything else's time. So for instance, um, the dissolving of sugar uh, into a liquid, whatever the temperature of the liquid, the dissolving of sugar into that liquid uh, liberates time. It affects time all around because the uh, dissolution process is a time-consuming process, um, as is a wound-up spring. And so Cozy Reb discovered all of these properties that are basically ignored uh, by Einsteinian um, 
uh, uh, physics, right? And, and it's so bad that we get people like uh, Eric Weinstein with his geometric unity where he's, he's got seven different mathematical constructions that, that supposedly describe seven different kinds of time. There's only really one time and one time source, which is the pulse in the universe. Uh, and, you know, but our, our physics is so fucked over, our view of physics is so fucked over by the Einsteinian quantum approach that we're missing all of this stuff and it's easy to uh, get a false understanding of things if you are based on bad math, bad understanding itself. And so Einstein as a, as a departure point for physics leads to such goofiness as uh, Eric Weinstein's geometric unity and seven different kinds of time and I think he's got like 15 or 20 dimensions or something. So anyway, so it's um, uh, where you start makes a fucking difference, right? And what you're doing makes a difference in terms of what you're analyzing. Anyway, so uh, they've discovered all kinds of things about time and I'm saying now that as a result of reading through their stuff and their and Cozy Rev's um, uh, experimentations and his results, it's like I had a big aha moment. Uh, one of the things that we've discovered over, over time, over or duration, over the history, is that uh, periodically uh, UFOs come down and they um, shut down like all the electrics at a uh, nuke plant, right? Or they alter all the uh, functioning of all the computers at a nuke plant or a military base, or, you know, they open and close the doors on, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, ICBM uh, silos, this kind of thing, right? They, they fly around and they fuck with our electronics. And uh, people have not, military people have not been able to figure out how that is done, right? The whole base going... Uh, uh, wonky electrically uh, when these things show up sometimes and and it's not doesn't happen consistently doesn't happen all the time when it does happen there there is a tendency for people that are out and about in that environment to suffer damage and this all of this stuff goes into telling me that the uh, space aliens are doing things at a uh, a level of time very much like what Cozy Rev discovered comes from stars or comes from, uh, you know, keeping a uh, wound spring under tension, all of these different things, you know, dissolving sugar. And these are all, of course, like minor, uh, extremely minor um, ways of uh, investigating these active properties. Uh, but they nonetheless show us the, what the space aliens are very likely um uh, capable of with their devices. We know that they can, we've, we've seen their demonstrations of them shutting down military bases all around the planet as they uh, muck about with stuff. It was presumed that this was an electronic effect. I don't think so. I think it is a, is a, a use of a side effect from their propulsion mechanism. This red shift, blue shift, um, gravity well propulsion mechanism that they use and it causes this particular effect as though you were getting uh, near to a star with one of Cozy Rev's uh, devices right in this particular effect uh, fundamentally what it does is it causes the computer chips to not react anymore because the electricity is not flowing at a millivolt level in other words they, they sort of because they're distorting the time component of it they're also distorting the 
um, the actual flow of the electricity across uh, that particular gate and they're changing uh, the level of, of a volt. And they do it, um, and in, in so changing the level of that volt, they cause the chip uh, to not uh, react anymore because it's not getting its defined millivolt of electricity uh, when and under the circumstances that it expects. And thus it shuts down. So we see this, um, this kind of thing all over uh, on these bases when they do shut down. And it is not an electrical uh, issue, right? So there's no electrical damage. There have been a couple of cases where they've had um, damage that has been reported afterwards. Uh, military is really tight on that kind of thing, right? How much damage, what happened, what kind of damage. But there are reports that indeed there is damage out of it. So, um, anyway, so, uh, I'm of the opinion that as we go forward with this kind of stuff, uh, in dealing with the Elohim and the increase in the UFOs and so on next year, that a lot of this shit's going to be coming out, right? That we will be seeing more and more, um, hard interaction with UFOs and that this hard interaction will include these, some of these side effects, which they can use deliberately to cause electrical disruption and so on. Um, anyway, guys, uh, I'll talk about some of this other shit as we, there's a lot of it as we, um, as I hit out, I uh, got to go and do stuff now. <laughs>